Well, good morning again, and welcome to SOMA. Uh, my name is Russ. I am one of the pastors here. And if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to Philippians chapter 4. As we move a little bit further, uh, Philippians chapter 4. Um, as you might have guessed, we've been in a series that we are calling I'm Fine, and we're ending it at this point. Um, I'm Fine is the name of our series because we're talking about emotional health. Uh, this idea that we have a tendency to run into people and say, no, I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm fine. When sometimes that's not really true. I'm, I'm fine is not actually how we're doing. We're not doing okay. And so we talk about the idea of how emotional health and spiritual health are actually connected to one another. They are you can't separate the two, and uh, hopefully what Wes started to talk about was the beginning of a conversation where sometimes we think we can fix it on our own, or if we just try harder, then we'll get it figured out. Um, but if we want to be spiritually healthy, we have to deal with some of our emotional um, and mental health issues as well. And so this is what we've been talking about for the past little bit. We've been talking about things like addiction and anger and unhealthy relationships and how all of these things work together. And they're, they're not separate from our spiritual life. They're actually part of our spiritual life. And so as we end this morning, we're going to talk about this idea of anxiety and depression and how those things sometimes impact our spiritual lives. And, and the, the thing about it is, is that we are talking about anxiety and depression, and those things are, are different. They are not exactly the same, but they're kind of rooted in the, the same idea, and, and they actually have a lot of crossover. So with both anxiety and depression, there's often a feeling of uh, restlessness, so can't concentrate, um, can't kind of think in one direction, have trouble making decisions. Um, this excessive worry about what could happen, what could happen to me, what could happen to the friends and family close to me, what am I going to do, what's going to happen in the next week, month, year, uh, and then uh, agitation, like I'm just annoyed by everybody or I blow up at people who are close to me. This is how it shows up, both with anxiety and depression, but they're actually rooted in our biology, um, there's a part of your brain right at the very bottom of your brain stem, um, at the, the bottom of the brain that kind of controls things like fear and anger. And I, if you've ever heard somebody say, talk about like fight or flight, you get in a, a situation and you either want to fight or you want to run away, that's where that comes from, from that very part of your brain. And so sometimes if you have a traumatic experience that you've been through, or if you have something in your childhood that um, kind of uh, gets triggered, then you have a tendency to react in that, that way. And depression and anxiety both come from the, that place in the brain that sometimes um, gets uh, overactive, I guess is the best way to put it. And so we have these things that clearly impact our lives. And we're asking, what, what can we do about this? Like, if we suffer from anxiety and depression, it, and it shows up among different people in different ways. I know there's a difference between somebody who gets worried every once in a while and somebody who deals with anxiety that's so bad that they can't move. I know there's a difference between somebody who occasionally gets sad or deals with seasonal depression and somebody who has clinical depression, where it's something that's a constant struggle for people. But these things impact all of us. And if you're not impacted by it personally, there are people in your life who are impacted by it. And so what we have to do is we have to figure out 
how can our spiritual life impact this other area of our life? Because if there's one thing about the spiritual life that we hope to convey and we hope that we're learning is that it's, it's not like separate from the rest of our life. The life that we live with God invades every single area of our life, and, and we want to be aware of that. And so the passage we're going to read today is just short. It's, it's five verses in Philippians 4. We're going to start in verse 4, and we're going to go to verse uh, 8. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which He exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learn and receive from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So before we get to this part of anxiety and depression, I want to make note of a word that in these six verses is mentioned three times, and that is the word peace. Then you will experience God's peace, Paul, the writer says. It exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts. And the God of peace will be with you. And over and over he says this word, peace, as he talks to a group of people who are Jesus followers, and they're pretty new to faith, and they're trying to figure out how to live uh, as people of faith. And as Paul writes to the church in Philippi, the Philippians, he's saying, I hope you have peace. I hope you experience peace. I hope the God of peace, I hope you know his presence. Peace is this idea that he is very keen on in this short section of verses. Now, this is written in Greek, but Paul is Jewish, so he would also be familiar with the idea of like the Hebrew language. And so there are Hebrew terms that uh, sometimes help us understand where, uh, like the root of something like peace. So when Paul writes about peace, he's very familiar with the concept, the Hebrew word for peace, which is shalom. And shalom is this concept that's not just world peace, like an absence of conflict. Peace is this sense of personal completeness. Uh, shalom is this sense of personal wholeness, personal health. I'm in a place where I'm realizing the life that God has for me, that, that God's presence is with me all the time. And so Paul doesn't write the word shalom because he's writing in Greek, but as he's writing this word peace, he's very familiar with the concept of shalom, which is we are called to wholeness, we are called to spiritual health. And the reason I bring that up, peace, 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 he says it three times in a few verses. The reason I bring that up is because if we think about anxiety and depression, if we think about restlessness and excessive worry and agitation at every single person that we come in contact with, if we think about these things, we think of a lack of peace. We think of a lack of wholeness, a lack of shalom, this idea that God's peace is bigger than anything that we could deal with. (coughs) 
Anxiety and depression, if we could describe them in spiritual terms, we might say that it is a lack of shalom in our life. Um, the great songwriter Jason Isbell says, I can't enjoy anything in his song, Anxiety. We actually says something that's much more explicit than that. It has a dirty word in it. I can't say that. But he, he says this idea, I can't enjoy anything. Restless, excessive worrying, agitation everywhere I go. I can't enjoy anything. It is a lack of peace. It's a lack of shalom. So what does Paul say to do? Well, we, we have to back up, but it's in verse 5. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, which is great advice, and I wish that was so easy to take, right? Oh, all I have to do is not worry about anything in my life. That would be awesome. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Now, on the surface, as we read this, and for some of us who might have grown up in a place where we, everybody just tells us to pray about everything, we might think, oh, okay, all I have to do is pray about it, and that'll fix everything. And I don't want to stand up and say, hey, if you pray about it, then everything will just be taken care of. But I do want to note that Paul says, don't worry about anything Instead, pray about everything. There is a correlation between these two things. Like, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, you heard Colby Cuevas, who, when we were talking about addiction, he's a recovery pastor. He's closely connected to us, and he talked about the 12 steps in the recovery process. And the first part, the first step in the recovery process is to admit that you are powerless and that your life has become unmanageable. Now, that's easy to talk about with addiction, but if we're talking about this idea of excessive worry, of anxiety, of depression, of agitation all the time, if we think about this, that helps, right? This idea of, I am powerless to do this on my own. Wes talked about his story earlier, and he talked about this idea that I just felt like if I could just do a little better, if I could, I could take care of this myself— and we think that. When we struggle with these things, we think, I've just got to get a few other things in order, and if I do that, I'll be fine. <clears throat> but if we think about prayer, it's approaching God and realizing the first thing you do when you, you pray is you realize that God is bigger than you, right? It's almost an, an acknowledgement that God is bigger and more capable than you are. And so if Paul says, don't worry about anything, instead, of, uh, instead pray about everything, what he's saying is, let's go to God and, and recognize that we, we can't do this kind of stuff on our own. If we, if we want peace, we have to go to God and remember who he is in light of who we are. He is much bigger than we are. He is much greater than we are. And he is much more capable of fixing our lives than we are. In these six verses, Paul talks about things like joy and peace. And one of the only things he says to do is pray. Prayer isn't the only answer, but it is the first answer when it comes to this stuff. You give yourself over to God and you say, God, i got some things in my life that I cannot control. I cannot do this on my own. 
Even though I want to, even though I feel like I can, I cannot do this on, on my own. And I need your help. I need you to come forward and do something because I can't do this on my own. Um, one, of, one of the reasons why we got Wes to do the video is because, one, we thought it was uh, powerful for somebody to tell their own story of their own anxiety. And we wanted somebody who could speak a little more um, with experience about it. Because um, Daniel and I were talking about preaching, and um, we, we wanted somebody to share the story of how anxiety had wrecked their life in a lot of ways. Um, somebody who struggled with it. Because when we deal with these things, again, we, we always kind of try to downplay it or we try to make like it's no big deal or we try to pretend like we can fix it on our own. But prayer is this place where we say, uh, God, I need your help. I want to give it to you. Uh, so I wrote most, uh, I finished most of this uh, teaching part on the, the sermon on Monday, and um, I see a counselor, uh, not regularly, but maybe just every once in a while, whenever I kind of feel like things are kind of heavy for me or anything like that. So the last time I saw a counselor has been almost a year ago, and um, I actually made an appointment a couple weeks ago with a counselor and saw uh, somebody I'd never seen before this week, because the counselor that I used to see has moved uh, out of town, and and uh, so I've been kind of looking for one. But I don't, I don't go every week or anything like that. But this is the first time I've been to see this person. And I was kind of spilling it. I got in there. I started talking. If you know me, you know this isn't that surprising. But I just started talking and talking and talking. And this person was like, slow down, slow down, slow down. And then about halfway through, this person said to me, uh, with any of these other counselors you've talked to, has anyone ever talked to you about the idea that you might um, struggle with like seasonal depression or uh, situational depression, which is uh, when you get in certain situations where you feel trapped or lonely, uh, where you struggle with depression. And I immediately was like, no, no, that's not me at all. I'm fine. I'm totally okay. Um, and then about 10 minutes later, I, I realized uh, that I would be talking about this uh, in front of people on Sunday. I realized that I also, when that person said that to me, that my first reaction was to go, no, 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 this isn't a problem. I'm fine. And here's the thing. It wasn't even like she, she was saying that I, I, I did have depression, or, but I know my reaction immediately was to go, nope. That can't be me. I can't. No, that's just not me. I'm an optimist. I'm fun. It's not me. <laughs> And uh, the, the reason I share that is because, I, I am okay, by the way. I uh, don't want you to like come and be like, oh, we got to check on the pastor all the time, make sure he's okay. But I, 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 do, I do know the temptation to act like it's no big deal. And I do know the temptation to go, I can fix this on my own. But, but you can't. We have to go to God 
and give ourselves over and say, this, has, this is bigger than I can handle on my own. We need to surround ourselves with people who know our story and can ask us how we're doing. And so when we talk about these things, we want you to know that God can absolutely 100% help you in your situation or people in your life who you know are struggling with this. We know that God can help you. But, but we have to be willing to admit that this is something that we need help with. If you have to go to counseling, go to counseling. If you have to talk to somebody else in your life about it, talk to somebody else in your life about this. Don't just pretend it's not there. Because if you want to be spiritually healthy, you can't do it and have all this emotional baggage that you won't touch in your life. It's just not possible for us to separate our lives this way. We have to go to God with what's going on in our life. If we want to be spiritually healthy, we have to work on our emotional health as well. I love what Paul says. I want you to be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate in all you do. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all that He has done. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about how hard it is to fix our thoughts on these things right now. When we turn on the news, uh, when we read the paper, when we scroll through Twitter, it's hard to think about what is good and noble and admirable. But this is what we're called to do in the world. And if we want to be people who look like Jesus in the world, we have to deal with our own stuff. We have to deal with our own stuff. So here's how we're going to... end our time today. There, there are a couple prayers. I, I want us to um, I want us to spend some time in prayer together. So I'm going to ask you if you would, if there's anything in your lap, just kind of put it down. And if there's anything in front of you, um, I, I just want to ask you to take a posture of prayer. So if you want to sit with your palms open in your hands, if you want to hit your knees, feel free to do that. Um, but I want to take a little time to pray um, about the things that are going on in our lives. And um, so let's, let's do that. Let, let's pray together. And I'm going to kind of guide you through this. So are there things or moments in your life where when you think about a, back a, at them, your anxiety or depression gets triggered? So are there moments in your life that cause you pain? And that may be painful for you to even think of right now. So as you reflect on those moments that cause you pain, ask God for his deliverance from those things. God, we pray for your deliverance from these painful moments. We pray for your presence when those moments attack us. 
The next thing is this. Are there people in your life who have caused you pain? That you have trouble forgiving? And I know it might be painful to think of those people. But we want to ask God for the courage to forgive them. So ask God for the courage to forgive those people. God, we lift these people up to you, knowing you love them as much as you love any other person. And we pray for, um, for the courage to forgive them. And the last question, uh, are, are there places in your life where you won't let God in? Maybe at work. Maybe uh, in, in your family. Maybe, maybe there are broken places in your life where you don't want to talk about. So ask God for the courage to open your heart. God, we pray that you would reveal the places in our hearts that we hide from you, the rooms in our life that we don't want you to see. The, bre- the broken and messy places. We pray that you would open our hearts to those things so that they can be healed fully, completely. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'm going to ask you if you would. Uh, this is a prayer that was written by a church leader in the 5th century. Um, and so, uh, actually, I'm going to ask if, um, because of, uh, we've got, we, we speak two different languages in here. Uh, I'm going to ask if we would um, just Pray this together. This is a reminder that Christ's presence is all around us. So when we're dealing with these things like excessive anxiety, worry, depression, agitation, these are, these are the things that we can remind ourselves of, is that Christ is with us everywhere we go. Um, and so instead of asking you to pray out loud, I'm going to pray it out loud and ask if you would pray it silently. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ when I sit down, and Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, and Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me. Christ in every eye that sees me, and Christ in every ear that hears me. I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads. God, we thank you for this time, and we ask that you would, um, even if we don't struggle with these big, heavy things like anxiety and depression, we pray that you would um, help us to realize that we can't just fix everything on our own. 
God, give us the courage to take that first step, which is a realization that we are sometimes powerless to do anything about our situation. And we need to rely on you. So God, we long to be closer to you and we long for that reliance on you. And we pray that you would um, give us the courage to admit when we need help. In Jesus' name, amen.